0: friends. It's Shawnee, your nerdy girlfriend and life coach from simpleonpurpose.ca. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. We are here to spend some time together every week and simplify your home, your heart, and your life so you can show up for your life with more peace, purpose, presence. And I'm going to throw passion in there because this is your life and you should enjoy it. This past week, we've been getting outside a lot. I love that the weather is turning. I love the idea of getting outside every day, but I mean, (laughs) sunshine makes it way easier, right? So we've been getting outside. The balsam root flowers are blooming in BC. They look like little sunflowers. They're just my favorite. If you knew I was a bird nerd, you also might know I'm a plant nerd too. Not the kind of plants that I kill in my garden. I'm not a gardener, but the plants in nature. Love those. I don't have to do anything and they are just growing. So this past week, Connor and I also went for a little fishing date. We went to a lake that's really close to town. Okay, I like to fish, but I'm not a fisherwoman, fisherman. I don't have any good stories to tell you. I don't have any advice about lures or tales about the one that got away. Actually, I do have a tale about the one that got away. But I am all about floating on a boat with a rod in the water. So we went out to the lake for the first time this season, and Connor had this big plan about this type of fishing he was going to do. He brought me my rod, and we forgot some of the things for my rod. Well, he forgot it. I don't know how to set up a rod. Like, that's his job. I make the lattes. He sets up the fishing rod, (laughs) okay? So I didn't have a rod to fish with, and I thought, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to read this book on my library app that I've been wanting to read, and then my phone died. And now I'm like, well, now what? We're going to be out here for a couple hours, so I made a little life jacket nest and I just laid there in the sun staring at the sky and the birds I like could bird nerd And the the hard part about this was it's a busy week week for me. And it took me a lot of mental redirecting in in that time, just sitting there to not be thinking about all of the things I could be doing right now. Like the kids are at school. The house is empty. I got stuff to do. So I just put some sunscreen on and I just reminded myself, no, my body needs stillness. I need stillness. I need to be unplugged. I need to just stare at trees and sunbeams. This is what I need. I don't want to be looking at a screen or a mountain of laundry or another Google Doc. Guys, I live in the Google Docs. Like, tell Connor, if I die, check the Google Docs. <laughs> it's like the banana stand. It's the Google Docs. All right, so today I'm back at it, and we are going to follow up on a previous episode called Emotional Intelligence 101, where I laid out the four components of emotional intelligence as emotional awareness, emotional self-control personal motivation, and social skills. And I love this topic, I coach on it in every call pretty much, because as moms especially, we need to practice this so that we can come at parenting our own kids and walking them through their emotions, coaching them through their emotions from a more tolerant, accepting, and capable place. So these next two episodes are going to be talking about emotional intelligence in kids and how we can walk them through that as parents. And emotional intelligence in our kids is underrated, probably. There's so much great research that's telling us how important it is. They're bringing it into school curriculums. Because the reality is our kids are having emotionally complex experiences. They are watching the world, they're interpreting the world, and they're trying to do things to get their needs met. And I don't know about you, but I'm often surprised at how aware my kids are how perceptive they are, how sensitive they are, especially my oldest, he'll tell me observations he's having. And I'm like, I kind of think that kids are just naturally unaware and that they just kind of float under the surface. Maybe I was more of an unaware kid, but they, we underrate their emotional capacity to observe things and internalize things. And we think that we can just make the right conditions for them to be happy. And then they're going to just naturally be happy. But We're parenting from a surface level when we do that. We're parenting on the surface level of just keep them happy. And when sadness comes up, let's get back to happy. And when anger comes up, punish it, and then get back to happy. And I call this the hustle for happiness. If you wanna hear about that, that is episode 66. I will link that in the show notes. And the idea of raising happy kids is a notion that I blew my own mind with by challenging it when i realized that happy kids cannot be my goal i was doing a lot of work to raise happy kids i was making that my parenting goal and it's a it's a short-sighted goal and it's a defeating goal and it also denies their human experience of feeling feelings and it denies them permission to have a range of feelings and it denies me the opportunity and them the opportunity to learn and me to teach How to manage these feelings that all humans will inevitably feel in their life. And we're training them to be happy all the time. And then they never learn the skills of managing those hard emotions. You know, those emotions that when we get as adults, they feel gross and heavy and we don't know what to do with them, like regret or disappointment or loneliness. So bringing this into their childhood, raising kids with emotional intelligence means that we are raising kids who are mindful how their emotions can affect them. And this is important because our emotions create our actions. We talked about that in Emotional Intelligence 101. Bringing in emotional intelligence also helps us raise kids who are not scared to feel certain emotions. Like we have been conditioned that there are negative emotions. You should not feel them. Depression, guilt, anger. You should not feel them. And part of our upbringing probably didn't include a lot of emotional awareness or acceptance and management. We're also raising kids who can learn healthier coping skills when big, uncomfortable emotions come up. Because without this skill, they become like countless adults, myself included, who turn to unhealthy coping skills to deal with the feels. Anyone else? Online midnight shopping? Or raiding the pantry at nap time? Pouring another glass of wine, you get it. Like we are turning to coping habits that aren't helping us, that aren't making our lives better. And overall, when we bring in emotional intelligence, we're giving kids the tools to have healthier relationships. And that looks like not blaming their emotions on others, not being blind to their role in conflict being willing to have empathy for others. Like that's a lot of humility, being willing to have the hard conversations that allow for conflict resolution. I mean, just think about bringing these four things into your marriage and how that could just transform that relationship. So emotional intelligence, I could go on, you get the idea. It's good. It's good for the whole family. Good for parents, for us as moms, how we're showing up for our kids, teaching them through that. And it's never too late to start. I first heard of emotional intelligence in the book, Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child... By John Gottman, and he outlines four parenting approaches to emotions in our kids. This is a previous podcast episode as well. If you want to go listen to it, I give a full rundown of that book and he outlines the dismissing parent, someone who says you're okay, or distracts them, or it's not that bad, or come on, let's keep going, or tickling them, trying to just move it along. You know, you're fine. Let's keep going. The disapproving parent. This is a parent who might discipline the emotions that their kids are having, criticize what they're feeling. You shouldn't be feeling that. Or go to your room, these kinds of things. The laid back parent, the one who just kind of lets them sort it out. They don't really come in with any guidance or limits. And then there's the fourth type, the emotion coach. They step in, they walk them through it with empathy and firmness. And if you're wondering, like I was when you heard about this, if I allow my kids to have negative emotions, won't they just act like a jerk or an entitled brat? That was my biggest fear when I heard about this. And here's the motto I want you to write on a post-it note, put it on your fridge. Here's just one thing I want you to take away from everything I'm going to say right now. All emotions are acceptable, but not all behaviors are acceptable. And this is hard for us. Because I think many of us probably were raised, definitely conditioned to believe that there are emotions that are unacceptable. And as moms, we have emotions in ourselves that we find unacceptable. I used to think that anger was unacceptable. I saw it as a loss of rationale, a loss of self-control, and I conditioned myself to ignore it, resist it, be as neutral as possible. It caused a lot of problems for me because emotions have a purpose, friends emotions have a role in our bodies, in our lives. They're made for a reason. They're here to prompt us to take an action. And when we don't stop to listen to the emotion and to think about what sort of healthy action that this emotion might be promoting us towards, then we're just going to consider this whole thing an unhealthy experience. We're going to resist it, ignore it, get all, un- get all stressed out about it. And doing that just reinforces our belief that this emotion is unhealthy because when I feel it, I act in unhealthy ways. So let's just keep avoiding that emotion, right? Consider the feelings that come up for you that you hate feeling. Chances are very high that you have a low tolerance for them and your kids as well. Most of the moms I coach have a low tolerance for some of these emotions. I'm going to, I wrote them out. I'm going to outline them for you. Ungratefulness. Or a kid being disappointed. We think that they're acting entitled. They're not grateful enough. Anger. And anger is a hard one because anger is considered a secondary emotion. It's the tip of the iceberg. There's always something else underneath there. We have problems in low tolerance when our kids disagree, when they have the emotion of disagreement towards us, at us. We have a very low tolerance for that. We often view it as disrespect in some form. Overwhelm. When you have a kid who can't make a decision and they're spinning and they're distracted, we have to have low tolerance for that sadness, especially over the things we don't think our kids should be sad about. I'm going to put pouting in this category too. We have low tolerance sometimes for our kids feeling scared. We don't, we just don't want them to be scared. And often our solution is to just tell them, don't be scared. <laughs> it's not an effective solution, but it's kind of really our gut reaction. Sometimes we have a low tolerance for our kids feeling shy or nervous. Sometimes we have a low tolerance for our kids being bored. We think that this is part of entitlement or ungratefulness, right? And I go through this list and I'm with you guys on there. Like there are hard emotions to tolerate in our kids. And so often we start to take on those emotions as well. When they're feeling that way, we start to express those emotions as well. It's called mirroring. It is a scientific phenomenon, but ultimately we start acting how they're acting. And the saddest part is we will make space for them to feel some certain negative emotions that we think serve some kind of purpose in our parenting. Often those are shame and guilt and regret. And we almost stoke those fires. We almost stoke the fires of those emotions and use them as a form of consequence or punishment. We use them to motivate our kids, to change their behavior. And my personal theory is that When we are told to avoid all these normal emotions like sadness, overwhelm, fear, and so on, maybe we're even punished for them. But our parents have used shame or guilt to motivate our behavior, then we become adults who are turning to these same emotional cycles, same inner dialogue to motivate ourselves and we know that shame and guilt and regret can be effective in motivating us. Like, unfortunately, it does work because we really hate that feeling and we hate feeling it from our parental figures. But to have this as your, your fuel source and getting things done in your life will be exhausting and defeating. And in all of my coaching, I've seen it slowly strips away the truth in the light of who you are. In the next episode, I'm going to give you the steps that we can use to raise emotionally intelligent children, but I wanted to open up with this intro, just talking about the importance of emotional intelligence. It isn't all woo-woo and feel your feelings. This serves a purpose in creating better lives for us, in helping us handle our lives in a better way. Because I see it all the time. I coach on it all the time. I live it in my own heart, in my own life. So I really wanted to open it up with part one, and we're going to lead into part two next. Before I go, though, I will answer a couple of the questions that were submitted to me. The first one is, is emotional intelligence similar to emotional resilience? If emotional resilience is a value of mine, how can I incorporate that into everyday life in hopes to help my children to be more emotionally resilient? So emotional intelligence will help you be more emotionally resilient. Resilience is that ability to move through and move on from challenging times. It involves things like how we motivate ourselves how we process our emotions, how we come at our future and our circumstances with emotional self-control and empathy. And I really think it's important to learn this. Otherwise, resilience might take the bend of just steamrolling yourself and steamrolling your feelings and plowing through life rather than acknowledging the emotional experience you're having, learning from it and growing in it. To bring this into your daily life, into conversations with your kids, it's going to be up to your kids if they want to adopt emotional resilience, but you can still offer it to them. And a way that I might try to do that, depending on how old your kids are, is to talk about regularly what challenges you had that day and what you did about them and really honoring and having compassion for yourself when you were working with challenging emotions and and showcasing that this is hard for me and I I empathize with that, and maybe I use these coping mechanisms to help me when I'm upset or sad, and this is what I want to think about it, and this is how I want to move forward. So I would have those conversations regularly. Our kids need to see that we are people too. They are learning so much just by watching us. Unfortunately, the saying is true, more is caught than taught. They are watching us more than they are listening to us, really. Really? The second question is, can minimalism help our kids have a better emotional intelligence? And I think emotional intelligence can just be applied to all areas of your life, anywhere you're having emotions. So what I've seen in my own decluttering and doing it with my kids is I would say that emotional intelligence is brought into the process of decluttering and minimalism by being mindful. Like how does your space make you feel? If you're talking to your kids, how does your room make you feel? How do you want to feel in it? How do you feel about letting things go? Like, how do you feel about getting rid of these things? Or what are you not using anymore? Because emotions is the major hurdle in adults decluttering. The fear, the scarcity, the guilt, the overwhelm. And ultimately, the purpose of minimalism is to allow you to keep in your life the things that are of beauty, of value of use to you. They're things that are more authentically you. It teaches you who you are, really, what you want in your life. And being mindful of how you are feeling through that process, motivating yourself through that process of decluttering with what you do want, then you're using emotional intelligence to edit your home and create a home you love to be in. So it's just a tool you can bring into the process as you go through the decluttering process and the editing process of your home. So head on over when you're ready to the next episode. I'm going to outline the five steps of emotional intelligence that you can walk through with your kids. And I'm taking it from John Gottman's work. But let's wrap up with something a little bit fun, a simple pleasure. I'm going to do a simple pleasure twice this week. I missed last week. So the simple pleasure I want to share with you in this episode is a meal planning pad. And I'm a huge fan of meal planning. I started meal planning when I had my first kid 10 years ago, and I thought I just need a plan so I'm not eating ketchup chips over the sink and feeding everyone toast at 6pm every night. So I started meal planning, it's nothing that I make myself stick to rigidly, but to buy the ingredients, to have them on hand, to know what I can go to, and to just pick from this list, it makes my life so much easier. And we did it a few ways over the years. We didn't always use this like little pad that has the weeks and all the ideas we're going to eat. And there's a little spot to put lunches in that. I'm going to link that in the show notes. We didn't always use that. We were writing it on chalkboard on the, in the hallway. I was just writing it on something and putting it on the fridge. So do it any way you like. But I really like this meal pad because it. uh, It's fun. It sticks to the fridge and I can just rip off the next sheet and use the other side of the old sheet for a grocery list. So I, I just, I have one all the time. I have like a stockpile in my office and I just think they're fun and simple. And I, I don't know when you have to do these chores and these things and the organizing your way, it's just sometimes fun to have something that's pretty and practical that you can bring into the process. All right, guys, head on over to the next episode whenever you're ready.